Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Gemma. Hi, Holly. How are you? Yeah, I am good. I'm good. How are you? I'm sick. I know you are, hun. I have the flu. But you are pulling through. I am. You are doing well. I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so if I sound bad, it's because I'm sick. <laughs> so we are witch murderer. Yes, we are. Today we are doing a two-parter. We haven't done one of these in a while. No, I can't remember the last one. Can't remember anything, to be fair. No. Um, we're talking about criminally insane murderers Yes, today. we are. I'm going to go first mm-hmm. in this episode, and then episode two will be Gemma's story. Yeah. So today I am covering the case of Richard Trenton Chase, the vampire <gasps> of Sacramento. Ah. Um, this one was actually, I was on Reddit under our account. Mm-hmm treading very gently through the tulips there <laughs> and somebody um with the handle lady nick miller recommended it and i was like i know this story and then like when she was saying everything that was going on there i was like holy shit yeah 100 uh-huh. percent." so i found this article by katherine ramsland that went through all of this stuff and it was amazing so okay i'm going with this So Richard Trenton Chase was born on the 23rd of May, 1950. He was born into a strict household where he was beaten a lot by his father. Mm -hmm. And he had a younger sister. Both children saw their parents fighting basically all the time. Right. They're always arguing. Richard began displaying antisocial behavior very early on. He started killing cats at 10 years old. Oh, no. Setting fires, I know. Tormenting other animals. He was drinking. He started doing drugs. At 10? At 10. Um, he was caught several times, but it didn't deter him at all. Like, no matter how many times he got caught, absolutely nothing sunk in. In high school, Richard dated several girls, but he couldn't perform sexually with them. Okay. It was obviously, like, a little bit of a worry to him. <laughs> and at 18, he went to a psychiatrist who suggested the cause was repressed anger. That psychiatrist also felt he had a mental illness, but Richard didn't seek any treatment after he was diagnosed. It didn't say what he was diagnosed with. Okay. It was discovered later that he could not reach sexual satisfaction through having just like conventional sex. Yeah. 
only violent or disturbing acts such as killing animals and necrophilia could like get him to that point, which is a pretty broken yeah. system there. After Richard left home, he lived with several roommates who found his drug use and odd behavior unsettling. He apparently once nailed the closet in his bedroom shut because people were invading a space from there. He sounds like a tough roommate. Yeah, that would be a real tough roommate. Yeah. Uh, He was obsessed with the thought that something was wrong with him and once went to the ER of a hospital looking for the person who stole his pulmonary artery. Oh. I know. Other complaints included his stomach was backwards, his bones were escaping his body, and his heart kept stopping. He was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, Mm. but also thought he was going through toxic psychosis from drugs. Like, they thought it was triggered by the drug use. Yeah. And they put him under a 72-hour watch. Eventually, he was released, as always happens. Richard's mother and father had divorced, but they were still, like, a team when it came to Richard. Like, they were both trying really hard with him. Yeah. He was deteriorating. He was 5'11 and only weighed 145 pounds. He ended up moving back in with his mother. And then he started, um, the schizophrenia started surfacing more and more. Mm. He accused her of trying to poison him. His father didn't like that he was treating his mother that way. So he got in an apartment and told him he needed to move out of his mother's house and into an apartment. Richard began killing rabbits at this point. He would eat their entrails raw. And occasionally blend the intestines with the blood and then drink it to stop his heart from shrinking. He thought his heart was going to shrink into nothing. He once injected the rabbit blood into his veins and then got very, very sick. Yeah. Yeah. He thought the rabbit had eaten battery acid and had seeped into his stomach. Um, but no, you just... No. <laughs> you just had blood poisoning. You just don't inject rabbit blood I into know. yourself. Oh my I know. goodness. He was committed as a schizophrenic suffering from somatic delusions, um, which is basically, I looked up somatic delusions because I didn't know what the fuck it meant. It's basically hypochondria, like thinking everything's wrong with you. Yeah. They believed it was caused by the drug use um, as medications had no effect. So it's it's a weird one. Like when he was medicated for schizophrenia, it didn't have any effect. He was still having these delusions. Yeah, sometimes that happens. Yeah. So they thought that he was... It was because of the drugs that he was doing this. Mm -hmm. Drug-induced psychosis is really difficult to treat. Is it? Yeah. But it seems like it was happening no matter whether he was on the drugs or not. I think because the drugs literally damage a part of your brain that's like really difficult to to make any recovery with it. Oh God, okay. In 1976, he escaped back to his mother's house, then eventually was recommitted and he was staying at a facility for mental patients called Beverly Manor. And this is where he got his nickname of Dracula because he used to catch birds on his windowsill and kill them and drink their blood. Oh no. Eventually he was released into his parents' care who paid his rent and did his food shopping for him. He started killing pets and small animals again, once calling a family after he'd killed their dog and telling them what he'd done to it. Right. Like he'd used the dog collar to call them. And oh, okay. Yeah. His mother decided to wean him off of his medications, deciding that he didn't need them. Oh, no. I know, I know. No, no, no. Once the court order saying his parents had control over his affairs had expired and they didn't actually do anything to extend it, yeah, things went downhill. His mother walked in on him once holding a dead cat, which he then disemboweled in front of her and smeared the blood all over himself. She never reported it. Like, what, does he, what does he think he's achieving with that? 
it goes into it, but it's it's basically like he thinks he needs to replenish his blood because it's it's leaking out of him kind of thing. Right, okay. Um, police once found Richard's vehicle abandoned with rifles, men's clothing, and a bucket of blood containing what was later found to be a cow's liver in it. Okay. They also found Richard running around naked and covered in blood. When they took him back to his car, he claimed the blood was his and had seeped out of him. On December 29th, 1977, Ambrose Griffin, who was 51, and his wife had just come back from shopping and were unloading groceries into their car, so back and forth to the car. Ambrose was on his way back to the car for more groceries when he fell to the ground. His wife um, thought it was a heart attack that had killed him. Like she thought he had just dropped to the ground from a heart attack, but he had been shot twice. Oh, right. Okay. Two shell casings were found at the scene, which matched reports from two days earlier when a shot had been fired into a woman's kitchen a few blocks away. So somebody Mm. was going around shooting. Yeah. Randomly. There were an escalating series of strange encounters with Richard I know that seems random that I said that, but just bear in mind, like that, that happened. Now we're going on to Richard. Okay. Um, he asked for a cigarette from a neighbor and when she gave him one, he stopped her from walking away until she gave him the entire pack. Oh. Yeah, it was weird. Another woman watched him try all her windows and doors until they met face to face through the patio door. He showed no emotion and like literally just looked at her and then calmly walked away, lighting up a cigarette after trying to get into her house. Right. So that was like a little sidebar as to his behavior. Uh So going back to the street where Ambrose was shot. Okay. Another couple down the street bringing in groceries heard someone inside who had rushed out and gone like right past them. The man tried to catch him, but it was Richard and he had escaped. Richard had been stealing valuables from inside, but had also urinated in a drawer of baby clothes and then basically shit on a child's bed. (laughs) What on earth? I know. I know. So the reason that Richard was in and out of these houses, aside from stealing stuff to get drug money, um, was that he was testing the doors. And if the door was locked, it meant that he wasn't welcome. But if the door was unlocked, it meant that he was welcome to come inside. Yeah. That is very vampire isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. At an unlocked home, Richard found 22-year-old Teresa Wallen, who was three months pregnant. Before he went in the home, he put a twenty-two caliber bullet in her mailbox. And then shot her twice as she was taking out her trash. Oh. And one bullet went through her hand and arm. She was sort of raised it. The second took off the top of her head. And then as she fell, Richard shot her again in the head. When her husband found her that night, she was on her back with her legs apart. Her left nipple had been cut off, her torso cut open below the sternum, and her spleen and intestines pulled out. Richard had stabbed all her organs and cut out her kidneys, then put them back together inside of her. My gosh. I know. He then smeared her blood all over his face and used a yogurt container to drink it and placed animal feces in her mouth. Just absolutely. It just doesn't, um, it doesn't compute in my head. I know. That sort of stuff. I know. Yeah. On the 27th of January, 51-year-old Danny Meredith was found dead in the home of a friend he was visiting, shot in the head. His friend was 38-year-old Evelyn Meredith, who was also found dead in the bedroom with her legs open again. She'd been shot in the head, her stomach cut open, intestines pulled out. Richard had sodomized her, stabbing her through the anus into her uterus at least six times, cut into the neck, and attempted to cut out her eye for some reason as well. Organs had been stabbed and her blood had been collected for drinking and a large amount of semen was found inside of her as well. Um, Her six-year-old son was found on the floor of the bedroom, shot twice in the head. 
but nothing had been done to him okay. otherwise. And there were bloody footprints at the scene, which matched the footprints from the previous crime scene. And later there was a woman that arrived to the crime scene was like, um, this is my sister, mm-hmm. my sister-in-law, sorry, my sister-in-law's house. And she's been watching my 20 month old son. Where's my son? Oh no. So they were like, okay. So they went back and looked in a bullet hole and blood were found in the crib. And Richard had, there was evidence they found that matched up that basically said he had taken, it looked like he'd shot the baby in the head um taking the baby into the bathroom opened up its head because they found pieces of brain in the bath but then something spooked him and he was interrupted at the crime scene so he took it with him to his apartment where he took off the baby's head and then ate the organs i know it's horrible so robert wrestler and russ vor vorpagel vorpagel Sorry, Russ. We're with the FBI um, profiling unit. Yeah. And I was like, I know Robert Ressler's name. How do I know that? And he's the one who coined the phrase serial killer. Ah. Yeah. They basically profiled him, compiled a sketch, and put it out there, and it was bang on. Right, okay. A woman who had run into her old schoolmate, Richard, who had changed dramatically from when she knew him. Yeah. Um, she recognized him from the sketch and called the police. Right. So the police arrested him and went to search his apartment. When they got there, they found everything, literally everything bloodstained. Right. Including food and drinking glasses, like literally coated. Ugh. Um, Body parts and organs were found in the fridge. There was a blender that was covered in mold and rotting just goop where he prepared the organs. His calendar showed 46 dates that marked today in red on it. Okay. And the first two followed the murders. So it looked like there was like 44 more that he had planned. Oh God. Right. Okay. So obviously he was arrested. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there should be enough evidence there. Yeah. They kind of had enough. (laughs) So the defense went for not guilty by reason of insanity, which the prosecutor argued against. Okay. Saying he was a sexual sadist who knew what he was doing. So the jury found him sane and sentenced him to die in the gas chamber for the six murders in 1979. See, I have so many problems with that because he's not... Look at his apartment. Like, he's not trying to cover anything up. He's He's not sane. He's not sane. He doesn't know what he's doing. I know. Well, I mean, maybe to an extent he does, but he thinks he has to do it. I know. So, I mean, 100%. He has been diagnosed as schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. He is clearly not mentally well. Clearly. He's seen so many doctors. He's been institutionalized. Yeah. I don't know how the jury found him to be sane. I really don't. Just because I mean, you have moments of sanity doesn't mean that you were sane when you were I doing know, this. I know, but the gravity of the crimes he, he did, I mean, it's understandable that people were just like... They wanted to see him yeah. disappear. Uh-huh. Yeah. So profilers interviewed him to help with profiling development, and he told them he thought his blood was turning into powder. Right. And that he believed in soap dish poisoning, which... Okay, this is what soap dish poisoning is to him. If the bottom was dry, you were safe. If it was gooey, you have poisoning, which turns your blood to powder. And the powder eats away at your body. So I kind of, I was I was laughing to myself because I don't like using sloppy soap. Right, okay. If it's a bar soap. Yeah. I can remember when I was a child, it's the only soap we had. So right. I wouldn't use it if it was like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm crazy. <laughs> um, he also claimed to be Jewish, which he wasn't. 
and that he was being hunted by Nazis because he had a Star of David tattooed on his forehead, which he didn't. Okay. And that the Nazis came from UFOs. Right. Okay. So this is after conviction. Yeah. He's not sane. No. He's really not sane. Anyway, he ended up committing suicide in prison on Boxing Day in 1980. Okay. Um, well, they call it suicide. I think it was. I don't know. One of those ones where it looks like he hanged himself, but I don't know. Whoa. I know. He was messed up, dude. But at the same time, I know that we said, you know, criminally insane. He wasn't, he wasn't convicted or acquitted of being I don't think there's any way we can deny that he was he was a hundred percent criminally insane Polly, you're you're sending me with all the emotions it's just it's, i'm struggling <laughs> <laughs> i'm struggling <laughs> i'm pretty sure my last one is not as terrible okay <laughs> so yeah next week's case might be better for you um but until then <laughs> yeah you're just gonna suffer okay well that was that was the first part of our two-parter. That was. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this, actually. I'm, I'm a little bit stunned again. I know. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. I don't think I knew all those details. I mean, I can picture them very clearly in my head. I know what he looks like. Yeah. Um, I knew a lot of what you said, but some of those other details I didn't. Uh, yeah. I'd seen documentaries on him. I've watched documentaries on him and it is, I don't know. I always feel, I feel bad in these cases. It's the same as my guy who beheaded on the Greyhound bus. Yeah. Um, Vincent, Vincent Lee, was it? Yay. Ricky Lee. Uh, I can't remember. I feel bad for the people who are mentally ill, who end up doing this. He was mentally ill from a young age. Yeah. I mean, a young, young age. Yeah. He was doing stuff. Yeah, I think the 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 danger is, you know, the public sort of opinion on that is that oh, everybody with mental illness must be like this. Yeah, and thankfully that's sort of waning now. Yeah, but back then, you know, it was just declared if if you were unwell or or acting unusual or strange in any way, then oh, you must be extremely dangerous, and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. I know. Where I know. it's it's actually um very much the minority of people who are mentally ill that are actually dangerous to anybody else oh 100 percent. yeah i mean there's oh, there's so many people out there who are not mentally ill who have the capacity to kill you don't, yeah don't worry about the mentally ill ones well yeah um criminally insane ones yes <laughs> worry about those ones <laughs> if, they're, if they are you know eating cats and rabbits and injecting blood worry you should watch out for them. But they don't have to have a mental illness to be doing that either, so... No. Well, do they, though? The psychopath. Oh, uh, yeah. Psychopaths kill animals, do With the, the triad there, so... Oh, God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywho. So, thanks for that suggestion. Oh, Reddit. <laughs> Head on over to my two-parter. Yeah. And we'll hear my case, which is not as terrible as yours. Okay. Well, that's good. I had to think there, but it's not. Okay. It's pretty bad, but not as bad. No. And also go give us a rate and review. Yes, please. Or on iTunes or anywhere else. I don't anywhere know. Else. Everywhere. Somebody actually somebody commented on was it Twitter that they couldn't find us on iHeartRadio anymore. It was it Instagram? I can't remember. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then I found us. So I don't know. I think maybe they were just having a glitchy day. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. Um, and yeah, if you want to find us on 
like you say, Instagram or Twitter, um, we are there. Yes, and we're exploring the possibility of a Facebook group. Yes. If somebody wants to be a moderator and we're like, oh, that sounds like somebody's willing to do the work for us. So <laughs> um, <laughs> We're always keen for some volunteers. <laughs> yeah, so we're thinking about it. Um, I just haven't got off my ass to do it yet, but thinking. Thinking. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Part two. Bye. Bye. We're Witch Murderer. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Witch Murderer. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash witchmrdr. And you can email us witchmurderer at gmail.com. Our theme music is Kill Me Again by Blue Bend. Artwork was done by Wild Creations at fiverr.com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.